2: Hi, I'm Dan Feldman. Welcome to this episode of Dunk Don Prime featuring Hollinger and Duncan. Nate and John are discussing some of the most disappointing teams so far this year, so you know it's going to be a good episode with lots of snark. But you also know every episode is a good episode with lots of snark, and if you want to hear all of them, the only way to do that is to subscribe to Dunk Don Prime to get Every Hollinger and Duncan episode is one per week. You don't just have to wait for the, the free episode sometimes uh, each month. So if you want to get them all, subscribe to on Prime at Dunkdon.supportingcast.fm. Thanks for listening.
3: Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. I'm Nate Duncan, joined by John Hollinger for Dunkedon Prime subscribers. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you're loving having John here on Don Prime. And a reminder, you can also... Check out Dan Feldman's Daily Dunks. He's uh, putting those in your email and also recording an audio version of that, as well as that's the other new edition we've made. And of course, you get me and Danny LaRue five times a week as well, so we are your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about the NBA. And John, I guess we must begin, as so often on this program, with the shit show that is the Brooklyn Nets. Where shall we begin?
2: It's... Oh, man, it's it's hard to even know. I, I Here's where I'll begin. I'll begin three years ago when the team that was about, everything was about culture from top to bottom and, you know, basically rampant overachievers with limited talent made the playoffs, just completely sold out everything they were about and just gave the keys of the franchise to Katie and Kyrie and, the, and didn't even really... Fight or push or or anything like, I mean, it's one thing. You know, you're around the Golden State Warriors all the time. You have Steph and KD and Clay and Draymond. Like those are the faces of your franchise, and they're more important than anyone in the front office and all that. Um, but they're still trying to manage things and keep everything on the rails. And and they they're not just they're not just outsourcing all their personnel decisions to to Steph and KD, right? And the 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 Nets doing that, 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 that was just what set this whole thing in motion. Like once, once they signed DeAndre like yeah. that first day, it was, it was over right there. Right. If you look back at it, I mean, you could say there was, you know, sliding doors moment. If, you know, if Harden had been healthy in the Milwaukee series, if KD's wasn't foot on the foot, wasn't on the line, maybe we talk about this whole thing differently. But I mean, the fact, the fact is you, you know, you, you, you saw what Kyrie was in Boston and you still brought, let the Fox into the hen house basically.
3: Yeah. Obviously it's gone far beyond what he was doing in Boston at this point. And that was, that was really the first year he'd had where things went that poorly, but there was just the thought, Hey, he doesn't want to be there in the end and all he wants to be here. So it'll be, it'll be okay. I I ultimately, I'm pretty enraged as a Jewish man by what Irving is doing and, it's easy for me now almost 80 years after the Holocaust, which uh, apparently Kyrie Irving doesn't think exists, by the way. That, that, that didn't happen according to what Kyrie Irving is promoting. I, I would love for someone to ask him that question, by the way, of like whether you whether you think mm-hmm. the Holocaust happened or not. Uh, that's probably a good idea. Sean Marks uh, isn't letting him speak to the media at this point. Uh, and so you know, I'm at least, I live in the US. There's some anti-Semitic violence. I I'm honestly like not that concerned about it personally, as far as most people know, like I'm just another white male, but it really still bothers me. Like that could change, right? If you even just, you know, Fridell, I made the mistake of looking at like some of the comments on Fridell's tweets, about Kyrie like you know Nick hasn't tweeted about you know anything personal like his exchange or whatever he just he just tweeted well Kyrie isn't talking to the media Mm -hmm. and a bunch of the comments are like totally in support of Kyrie just even in response to that so, I it's it really upset me, and, you know, for example, like, I, I've been the announcer for Kyrie Irving's games. Like, am I, I mean, I haven't decided how I want to deal with this, and hopefully the Nets will deal with it, or Kyrie will apologize or something, and I won't be necessary. But, like, if I have to announce a Kyrie Irving game again, like, am I supposed to, like, get excited when he hits a big three? Like, no, it's going to feel pretty disgusting to me. So, I, it, it's really... Uh, that aspect of, it. and then for there to have been no real condemnation for anyone, no one even saying these things that Kyrie Irving Were those the two promoted. most
2: weak-ass press releases you've ever seen?
3: Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh well, we can't can't upset him he, he's in the players Association. like just no what about, was
2: that they didn't even how about, they didn't even say yeah. his they didn't even say his name or what it was about it yeah. was just I thought you know David Aldridge in the athletic was like why don't they just send out a press release saying you like puppies yeah you,
3: you know like it was it was that <laughs> soft and or how about even the things that are were spread in this book are not true <laughs> how about that <laughs> that this is just wrong yeah. Right, like it's it, it's just in really remarkable to me. Uh, and you know, the NBA's statement was, uh, you know, Mike Bass is good at his job. He his job is to say something that sounds like he's saying something without saying anything. He didn't say anything in yeah. that press release by the NBA other than anti-Semitism is bad. Right? It's just it, we stand against anti-Semitism. No, I don't think you do actually. You <laughs> right? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: and and so then you're gonna compound that by also bringing in like like it, w- it was it was never gonna we, go over yeah. well to bring in email you right but like yeah like, holy shit guys like come on like are you trying to find everyone like are you gonna sign josh primo too like you you know X Ex, expert yeah, like he'll he'll fit the culture perfectly.
3: Yeah, it's uh no, it's it's really disappointing. Uh so, yeah, I, you know, the firing of Steve Nash, I mean, this obviously goes back to you know, I don't I don't know that you could say that the Nets looked like they are a well-coached coached team in last year's playoffs. As Steve Kerr said later, he didn't think that he could have done a good job in that circumstance either. No, I thought actually Steve Nash with the health of Mike D'Antoni, I thought the Nets actually did look like a well-coached team in the first year that KD was actually healthy, the year they lost to the to the box. Um, but I, you know, I still think there was a little too much of like, all right, KD and James Harden are just going to decide they're playing 48 minutes, and you you're not going to stop them from doing that. But then last year, I mean, you can't really make the argument that they were well coached and. Yeah, you know what? They're probably pretty difficult guys to coach. The organization hasn't given Nash any power. The organization has bent to these guys' will. So Steve Nash doesn't really have a leg to stand on. His job is impossible. From a purely basketball standpoint, though, I completely understand why they moved on from Steve Nash. Even had KD not made the trade request and and not asked for Nash to be fired in the offseason... A team with this type of talent and expectations starting the way they had—it's not a surprise that they would move on from him, just purely in a basketball sense. At least, at least I can defend them by going that far.
2: Yeah the the thing that stands out is this saying in the league when you, when you fire your coach this early in the next in the, in a season, it means you really should have fired him in the offseason. Yeah. Um, and the Nets, for whatever reason, did not do that. Even before it's, KD made his, I would his... disagree
3: in this in this circumstance, though. Uh, with that, I, I've I've seen that around. I mean, this is not the Sacramento Kings were terrible last year, and they did the exact same thing they were doing last year. And then you fire Luke Walton, you know, not quite this early in the season, but mm-hmm. this is a team that there were reasons to have higher expectations than this, and like i didn't th- so that, that i mean that would be probably the one the one thing right like like for example mike brown got fired in these circumstances pretty much at the the uh lakers this is going to be funnier hey guess guess who is the point guard on that team by <laughs> the way it's steve nash but uh you know and they had just put that team together and you thought it was going to look really good and it didn't and it's starting to spiral out of control, and this is the only thing you do. I think that is a sorry to go on for so long here. I, I think that's a little bit different than the hey, it was terrible last year. We're getting more of the same here. We didn't, we didn't even meet like the low expectations to be like barely contending for the playoffs type of thing. Um, so yeah, but but I don't know. Did you you are going to say the opposite? I guess now you rebut that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're, I I just don't think seven games is enough to if 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 you really believed in what you were doing coming into the year i i just don't think 7 games is enough uh evidence of of anything um we we've seen too many examples of teams that have looked like shit for 2 weeks and then all of a sudden turned around and been awesome the rest of the way
3: yeah it's i I suppose that there's something to that. But then again, uh, you know, the coach, <laughs> the, the star really wanted him fired as well. It, 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 of course, gets back to that. It also gets back to the fact that Ime Yudoko was available, who is a unique candidate for them. He was in the NBA Finals last year and was an assistant coach on the one Nets team that's actually been any good in this era. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean... Why was he available, though? Oh, God. Guys. Oh, uh, what are you doing?
3: Yeah, I mean, they don't <laughs> seem to care.
2: Um, Shouldn't Adam Silver step in here and be like, wait, 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 wait. So this guy was suspended for the year, and now he's just like unsuspended and everything's fine? Like, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like, this is one of those where Adam Silver is like the NCAA, right? And... And the Boston Celtics are like Kansas, right? So, like, Kansas did their penalty to suspend Bill Self for four games or whatever, you know, like self-reported violation or whatever. That's fine. But then, like, <laughs> Bill Self isn't turning around and coaching Oklahoma State the next day, right? Like, they're, they're, I feel like there needs to be some sanction from the league now that the sanction from the Celtics is no longer going to be a thing.
3: Yeah, I think certainly that's if it's about like what's kind of being fair, I I think you're you're probably right. I mean, I think the reason that Yudoka had to be suspended, I mean, I think a lot of people don't really understand this and like how HR works and how it works like in an organization. Clearly it, this ended, this relationship ended in a way uh with this person who as far as I know is still employed by the Celtics. Ended in such a way that the situation between Yudoka and her was not tenable. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the only way to continue with Yudoka's coach would have been to reassign this woman or to have her not be with the organization anymore. And uh, yeah, that's lawsuit city if you do that, in, in addition to the fact that that would be incredibly wrong particularly given the power imbalance and and the unwanted comments and all that stuff. So there's certainly the punishment for what Yudoka did and just having to pay your debt for that. But then there's also just the practical reality within the Celtics of why he couldn't be around was because then they would have had to make this other move with this person that he couldn't work with anymore. And then that would have been incredibly wrong and opened them up to legal, legal liability. So that's why this suspension had to happen with the Celtics again playing devil's advocate here i i agree that yudoka should be facing some sort of a penalty uh maybe not a, a year's year i mean a year suspension is pretty severe i mean the the things that guys have gotten suspended for for a year just in terms of like hey you have to pay the price for this as opposed to
2: yeah the practical now, reality
3: of not being able to work here like you know gilbert arena got is, suspended for a year for bringing a gun into the locker room right like so there's yeah. i don't know that a year's suspension would be based on the precedent
2: well, here's but it. we're all we're all we're describing this based on what's leaked out. We don't know true, that we have true. the whole story. No. And no, and when it, the Nets say would, they've yeah. when the Nets come to that press conference and say they've done their due diligence, like I'm okay, I'm calling bullshit on that already. Like no. <laughs> no. Like like you, you didn't you there's no way you interviewed everybody and and did a complete investigation on this. Like I'm sure you talked to Yudoka about it once you got permission from the Celtics, but uh that that that's just not not credible or believable
3: no that that's fair and yeah i mean i think you if you come into this with the belief that it, not only it does, you I mean you don't get to be suspended, but that also like now, if you are a woman working in the Nets organization, like if it, his actions rise to the level of now you are, are going to potentially be subjected to this same type of behavior, you know, yeah, that's obviously a major problem as well. And of course, if he were to do something else, then that would subject the Nets to even worse liability because they knew or should have known that he had these proclivities. So yeah, I mean, that that's another important point here for sure. And I guess we just, I'm basing it only on what is publicly known so far, which is not amazing. Obviously, if I had more information on that and, you know, maybe maybe you do, that just hasn't, you know, it isn't really reportable. But uh, yeah, it, its it's just to time this at the same time as these Kyrie comments, it's just amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think the underlying thing of this is it's a desperate move by a franchise that is reluctant to face the music that it's over. And that the next step after this is Kyrie is gone and KD is gone and they're picking up the pieces.
3: Yeah, if, if robot Kyrie Irving and robot Kevin Durant, you know, what Monty Burns, 100% loyal robot workers who had <laughs> the same skills that they had, showed up for work every day, then maybe you could feel differently. But yeah, I think it, this latest with Kyrie, it's, it's reached... like. He was supposed to have his nose to the grindstone this year, right? It seemed like he was really he's, in he's on, on his the best culture. behavior
2: this year, right? Cuz he, right. he didn't get the extension. I mean, that's the thing. Like he can't
3: fucking help himself. He just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So what's He he doesn't even appear to understand why anyone would be upset. He doesn't yeah. get it. Yeah. I think I think
2: he just I my read on him is like some people like being that guy. Um, you know, I'm going to uh, in high school, there were always like the two people who had to listen to different music than everybody else did, you know. And and that's that's one level of that. But then, like when you get into this shit, that's like no, 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 no. Okay, this isn't okay. this isn't like cool or unique or whatever anymore. Like this is no, <laughs> like we we're not we're not doing this. And uh, I think it really. Uh, really impacts like i i don't know what happens next for him when this contract expires like who is the team that's going to be seeking to acquire i mean we know we've seen in this league and other leagues like people always take a chance on talent at some point he's still crazy freaking talented but man uh that's uh yeah
3: so so i guess here's the thing that i might say about taking a chance on him and all that uh and you know it's clearly very embarrassing for the organization and steve steve nash i mean it seems like they probably would have rather had Ujoka than him anyway i don't know how mutual this was but certainly like steve nash is a person who cares about social justice by all accounts he's like a really good person to have to put him up here and like the clear cognitive dissonance that must have It's one thing to have to lie through his teeth about like the James Harden trade rumors for him to have to address like this bullshit, too. I I mean, I know that that must have really been difficult for him. Um, But but that said, like there really hasn't been that much of a backlash against Kyrie. Like there's been us media talking heads. There's a few people in the stands. Uh, in the front row with the fight anti-semitism shirts Mm -hmm. i don't see a sponsor boycott happening Kyrie was reportedly like the cheers weren't quite as loud for him during introductions you know like this is not where and it's it's kind of disappointing to me honestly like i think what he's doing is like i mean it's different types of things than like you know a robert sarver or something like that and robert sarver as the leader of the entire organization has a responsibility and he's you know directly affecting people so it's a different type of thing but to me you know i think i would have hoped that this would inspire a robert sarver type of response we haven't seen a single player condemn Kyrie's comments either for that matter
2: yes yes which is surprising
3: all right Uh, another thing actually that we didn't talk about this when we were preparing for the show but i wanted to bring this up uh you predicted on our Summer League podcast that Josh Primo might be out of the league very soon. I'm guessing that was...
2: <laughs> I did. That was not... That was a basketball call. Let me be clear. Yes.
3: I, I, I mean, yeah. And I feared that when... As soon as we found out that... uh
2: you knew that, it had to be something had, like this as soon as soon as yeah. it got out. Yeah, I mean, could, yeah. They, I mean, they picked up his option two weeks ago. Like this was this was not basketball related at all. Um, this was uh, as as you pointed out. I mean, I think it was very similar in some ways, and in some in some ways a little different um, to the Udoka case, where there's a corporate legal issue where they had to get them like we got to get them hell out of here right now, or it's it looks like we're uh being an enabler
3: well and if this is multiple instances yeah I, you if they didn't act on the first instance that's yes a, a major problem for them legally mm-hmm. and uh the woman in question is now an ex-spurs employee again that's just is she an ex-spurs employee because this happened i mean probably it, it seems that way because uh, i mean unless this happened and she didn't report it until you know a, a lot later or something and maybe like the we don't know exactly when this happened i imagine it was pretty recently though but you know did she leave because of this i mean that's just that's terrible and you know it does it does seem like potentially that he may be dealing with some emotional issues that doesn't excuse this conduct of course Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that he didn't get claimed on waivers or anything like that. I guess, uh, one quick CB8 note here. Now that he has been waived, he cannot be suspended, correct? Maybe he could be for, if he, like contingent on his getting back in the league but like yes we can't no take- no
2: because that yeah. that happened we had somebody who i forget who it was but we got an email from the league that basically said if any of you want to sign this guy understand that he's going to be suspended for the first x games you have him under contract
3: yeah uh, uh but so but that- they cannot can they take his money on this contract that he I mean, he's going to get paid out formally in this year and formally in next year after being waived in theory can they take that money after he's been waived as a result of a suspension Ooh. i don't think they can i don't know i'm not sure. I'm, not sure I'm not sure if
2: they can i'm not sure if yeah. they can
3: but yeah i mean clearly he would have and but this is this is how you do it i mean to just straight up wave him like no we're not even gonna like send him home we're not gonna put him on indefinite leave like no he will immediately not be part of our organization yeah, I mean, now if they if they ignored an instance of him exposing himself and then another one occurred, I'd take away this praise, obviously. But like, it, this is how you handle something like this: is to yeah. just get him out of there. I mean, they could have just kept him around, waited for him to be suspended, probably actually recouped some money. Now they they got plenty of money. They, they got like three yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
2: don't need to worry about deal. that part. They're they're yeah. below the they're way like twenty million below the salary cap floor right now. So that that's the that's the one thing that you. They don't need to concern themselves uh, with, uh, thank goodness.
3: Yeah. Anything else on that at all? Or, I mean, I guess that kind of, that's all I got on on that issue.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's until we get more information, it's it's hard to know. It's, I mean, it seems like the Spurs dealt with it in a fairly straightaway manner. We just don't know what had gone on before he was waived, what the timeline was, what the lag was. And that, those are kind of the key questions.
3: Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tucks from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because... Of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style so level up your game Indochino, go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the P.O.S., it was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car you need shopify for retail it makes it easy to accept payments manage orders and build relationships with customers you can sell in person backed by everything that you need to sell online track every sale across your business in one place know exactly what's in stock connect with customers in line and online you can drive in-person store traffic with plug and play tools for marketing campaigns on social media Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash per so let's talk some basketball here and i guess we can begin in talking about our time to panic are they in trouble disappointments whatever we're going to call this episode with uh the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> well i think they have they have pretty pretty clearly told us that it is
2: time to panic right <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> my goodness uh two and ins- i mean defensively they're just not good and they're never going to be good um, I, I mean if you know, if if they can get Ben Simmons to re-engage, I guess they can be better. But there's still there's just no quality size, there's lots of small guards. Uh I just yeah. I, I I I just don't know how they how they get to that point. Jared Allen would really help them.
3: Oh my god. Yeah, Jared Allen, uh bunch of first round picks yeah those would all be would be pretty useful I I guess I mean okay Nick Claxton Ben Simmons Kevin Durant that's not like a bad defensive front court like they should be able to be better than this right
2: Yeah, I mean they've had some bad three point luck too.
3: Yeah, yeah, opponents are hitting like every three against them, right? It's like I I haven't looked after the Bulls game, which they lost again, obviously. But uh, I think it's like well over forty percent three point shooting that they're uh, that they're allowing, which nobody has ever allowed more than forty percent three point shooting. I think for a year, so that's going to normalize.
2: But at the same time, like Durant and Kyrie have played every game and they're two and six
3: yeah that i mean that's one of the biggest things is that i I felt like these guys when those guys were on the floor that their offense would be really awesome and that hasn't necessarily been the case so far yeah i think they've been like over a 120 historically with those two guys on the floor together and part of the reason for that is you know playing ben simmons and another center together which is largely what they've done they tried to get away from that a little bit and now simmons of course has missed the last two games with uh knee soreness which we'll talk about more But it does seem like the personnel around these guys and, yeah, having a Seth Curry back, Joe Harris playing more, you know, that'll all help. But they're not shooting enough threes still. They still have these two guys who are hanging out around the paint. Like it hasn't been as devastating offensively as you hoped it would be. And even if that 29th ranked defense becomes 22nd, they gotta be a top five offense to even be in the conversation for anything important.
2: Yeah. And that is again, you're you're counting on KD at his age and Kyrie, who is never played a whole season to play a whole season
3: yeah I mean the Nets are 27th the NBA net rating and 19th on offense and I thought it was interesting watching that Bulls game yesterday where you would think oh man how is Nick Vucevic like ever going to survive against like Kyrie or KD in pick and roll and so what the Bulls do is they had like very aggressive nail help and in Desunmu and Alex Caruso who was fantastic against Kyrie by the way I mean he's he, that guy is just an unbelievable defensive guy I mean people are saying did you oh, Kyrie, say did Did you see
2: the play where he dove for the defensive rebound?
3: Oh, in front of Joe Harris? In front of Joe Harris? That was unbelievable. Like, like don't show that to uh, a a high school basketball coach. Like, they'll just, they'll be like, (laughs) they'll need a cold shower afterwards. Like, that was just...
2: (laughs) And a cigarette, yeah.
3: (laughs) So... But yeah, we're, we're talking about, so, so they, and they don't like move the ball well enough. They still don't really have enough shooting. And you know, I don't think TJ Warren or Seth Curry are going to save these guys. But I mean, the the number one reason that I feel very negatively about them is just Ben Simmons looks like shit. Like there's just, yeah, I, I think you're feeling on him now. Maybe I don't know what yours is, but mine is, is that he's just not going to be close to the same guy the rest of his career. Like that's my operating assumption now until I see him play at a higher level this.
2: Unfortunately, I'm I'm trending in that direction as well. I I just, it's two things. One, there's kind of a, there's a little less pop right now. There's kind of a a joylessness that's coming along with it too. And uh, a little too much fear of being fouled, I think. And that, yeah. that that's crept into his game now. And so it just just makes it hard for him to, to be an effective threat and even to even to even to be a guy who sets things up for other people, you have to be some kind of credible threat to at least get to the rim, dunk on people, create problems that way. And he's he's just he's just not that guy right now.
3: Well, and Ben Simmons for his time in philly he was like if not a second option he was like at least a reasonable third option for you and yeah he had his limitations in the half court and they would put him in the dunker spot at the end of games but he had over a 20 percent usage every year in philly right and you know he turned it over a large percentage of the time still but that's because he had the ball a lot uh uh, you know he he was assisting on a large percentage of the Team's buckets when he was on the floor. He's getting some offensive rebounds. yeah you know, He's uh, above the league average in true shooting every year. But here are his numbers so far 9.6 PR, never been below 18 before, 46% mm-hmm. sh- true shooting. Is that good? I don't know. You created the metric. You tell me. <laughs>
2: When, well, when uh, when I created it, it might have been good in, in 1998 or whatever.
3: I, I mean, maybe that would be good in like 1958. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, he, he would be the
2: third thir- yeah. third best guy on Fort Wayne with that number. Yeah. yeah.
3: Thirteen percent usage, never yeah. been as I mentioned. He's never <laughs> been below twenty before this, and twenty-eight percent turnovers. Yeah, many of uh, them coming on illegal screens. Pr- perimeter and, and,
2: player. Perimeter player with thirteen percent usage is basically somebody who's hiding. Okay,
3: Um yeah. but You see That's occasionally like That's, we're
2: we're getting into yeah. Tony Snell territory here.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so and then you just watch them too. And so like we did the the Memphis game for the NBA strategy stream, KD and Kyrie both went off. They still got smoked Mm -hmm. in that game. And so what they were trying to do early on, the thought was like, all right, Ben Simmons, we're going to run shit through the elbows for you, like Draymond. And no, Memphis just topsided. Kyrie and KD are not Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole moving off the ball, so they couldn't get the ball, really. Simmons would try to throw these back doors. They weren't open. He was turning the ball over. Uh, And so then they tried maybe playing him at center some, But obviously, your defense is going to be a lot worse. He's not a great rim protector there. Uh, And then on offense, he was just standing in the dunker spot, I think, the last couple of games. Um, And and then, so like they haven't found a way to use him. He hasn't really juiced the transition game. And then defensively, he hasn't been, I always thought he was overrated as like a defensive player of the year candidate. But he was one of the best perimeter defenders in basketball. He hasn't played at that type of a level either on defense. And now he's injured again. So do you think there's anything to the idea of like, well, you know, he just needs some more time to get back into it, blah, 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 or is it just he's not even close to the same and because like he could get a lot better and still not be at the level that they need him to be at. Like he's been one of the worst players in basketball.
2: Yeah, he has. Um, (laughs) It's only six games, so I don't want to totally overreact, but oh man, like it just doesn't I've seen nothing to convince me of how things could be different.
3: Yeah. And particularly because it's not even necessarily about effectiveness. It's about style. It's about we don't have a way to use this guy. It's you're not attacking. You're not doing anything. You know, you could I could buy the idea that, hey, he's going to feel better. He get his legs under him. He starts defending a little bit better like that. I could buy the offensive thing seems like it's a pretty, pretty severe limitation. Yes. At this point. and they've they've got a couple of picks available now from from the trade they already wasted one on Royce O'Neal who I don't think has been what they've hoped so far defensively even though he's been about what I would have expected defensively yeah I'm not sure where they go from here like it but that's I mean, they're basically – I think their ceiling is kind of last year's team unless T.J. Warren comes back and is amazing or unless uh, Simmons I can mean, take a little bit of a leap or something what, like
2: that. What, what are the odds of T.J. Warren coming back at this point? Like, I, I hate to say it, but like yeah. when when, it, when a guy's been, you know, a month away for like over a year and a half, like there's, there's something else going on.
3: Yeah, and I also think that like the clamor about Kyrie in the media is only – Intensified. He at least deleted the tweets, but he hasn't apologized. There hasn't been a suspension. The organization hasn't addressed it in any any meaningful way, other than just the ostrich approach.
2: This is bigger so, than basketball, yeah. Nate.
3: Yeah. So there's now, a now in his
2: defense, he didn't say if it was a lot, like how much bigger it was. Like maybe it was just like a you know a little bit bigger. And
3: yeah, were, were we yeah, talking it's, about it's, it's, circumference it's of
2: or volume? Also, I mean, I think that's important too. I mean, there's still a lot of gray area here.
3: So, but I think there is a a reasonable chance that Kyrie could be suspended, that he'll just go into the tank and be mad, or or he'll have some other kind of an. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the Kyrie and KD not being on the on the court well, portion of the season uh,
2: yet. Yeah, I mean, are you forgetting the part two years ago where you just up and left for a while? I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, still, that's still part of the drill too.
3: Okay. No, so, so our consensus on the nets is, uh, yeah, t- time to panic. And, and I think it's just, even if you can kind of fix the defense and get them to be quasi respectable, I'm not buying that. Like the offense is going to blow up to the point. And it's just, it, again, the lack of internal fortitude, the lack of leadership. I mean, best case scenario for me right now with these guys is probably like first round exit, probable play in team. And I mean, it doesn't help that they've already, they're what, two and six right now? So they've already yeah. banked a bunch of losses too. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The best case scenario is last year, like making like a dramatic run through the play in tournament to get smoked in the first round. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about it.
3: All right. Who is next on this list of disappointing teams? We got to talk about it's time to panic. I mean, yeah, Nets time to panic meter. If you're thinking of them as a championship contender, it's a 10 as far as I'm yeah.
2: concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How worried are you about the Golden State Warriors?
3: Well, the starting lineup is the best unit in basketball so far, basically. Uh, Well, then uh, it's probably actually the Suns. But the the starting lineup looks great so far. Jordan Poole hasn't been that great. Clay's kind of working into things. Clay and Draymond have been on this minute's limit. James Wiseman is up there with Ben Simmons for most damaging player in basketball (laughs) right now. Jonathan Kaminga hasn't been in the rotation. I I was was,
2: was going to say, when Jonathan Kaminga has been in the rotation... I think he's outpacing Wiseman and Simmons for the award.
3: Yeah. Now, uh, playing the two guys together is Wiseman and Kaminga is not doing either of them any favors, surely. Mm hmm. And I think Kamingo, like he does have, he can defend on the perimeter. Like he's got some skills that could be used. I mean, Wiseman, just his ability to be in position and like still somehow not affect the shot with some of the greatest tools in league history is, it's crazy to me. I mean, maybe he can get a lot better, but you know, this is another one of those ones where it's like, all right, is he going to get to the point where he can be in a playoff rotation? I, I don't think so. And the bench is just completely killing them. So yeah, you know, Steph looks fine. Draymond looks fine. They're just going to have to figure this out somehow because, yeah, they just, I mean, they, when they were number two in defense last year and number one for the first half of the year, they had Andre Iguodala, Gary Payton II the second in their rotation as well. So they are, and Otto Porter Jr., who was actually playing really well the first half of the year. And he's, he's yes. not a good individual defender, but he's a, a very good team defender and rebounder. Yes. And, Help defender. So yeah, they don't have that. My prediction, they would be good on defense this year. I'm worried about that. O- outside of any any unit that isn't their starting group, I w- I'm concerned about that as well. So i mean it seems like they're i i don't expect them to fix it right away i i think these bench units are too insidious like they're gonna and part of their plan has been they're gonna try to get kaminga and wiseman minutes maybe they'll look better when divincenzo comes back like they've been missing yeah. him but you know they kind of have to go to these all roots. maybe they'll look better when clay thompson can play his full minutes and he can start the second quarter with these guys and draymond can play more i mean that that just getting your better players on the floor more will help them yeah. But yeah, Good. they have, a, clay, they have a clay, clay
2: also needs to become one of the better players, too. Like he you yeah. can't make a shot right now for whatever reason, which we've yeah. we've seen this happen before sometimes. I've what year was it? Three or four years ago, where it was like, Why can't Clay make a shot? And then all of a sudden, he had like a week where he shot like 98%. And had well, yeah, a yeah, he was 18, 19.
3: He was terrible. And then he yeah. had 14 threes against the Bulls to set the NBA record yeah. all of a sudden yeah. on a breakout. So, yeah, it could happen. He, and he was good. He made shots against the, the Heat last night. Another team which should probably, maybe this will be a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of these teams out there. So, I'm, I mean, as long as Steph Curry and Draymond Green are really good, like these guys are going to be heard from. But I don't think based on this start that they're going to be in a position to just like roll through be a top three seed without changes that's
2: like are can they can they get enough from these secondary guys to where they can be a top three seed without going to the whip on stephen and and draymond i mean i think that's that's probably the bigger picture question for these guys yeah
3: Um, but uh, here's one thing though john i mean we're talking disappointing teams and the entire western conference contenders other than the phoenix suns is totally unimpressive right now right it doesn't look like anyone else is going to run and hide here the 538 projections have the top seed in the west of like you know 52 wins or something right now
2: yeah yeah it, it could be a very gettable number i mean the, the second best team in the west so far has probably been the pelicans um and you you just feel like that's a team you can catch. And the Warriors are only two games behind them right now to begin with.
3: Oof. Yeah. And, and you know, all right. Blazers, Jazz, Spurs, that's your uh, two through four in the West. Like, that's, you know, I don't anticipate that that's going to continue. And, you know, Thunder, four and three. So yeah, I I think like if you had the Clippers looking great and the sun's looking great and the Mavs going crazy and the wolves are off to a great start and Yeah, you're probably more worried, right? Denver's looking amazing, then you're like, Oh fuck, like we could be sucking the play in and they i mean maybe that still will be the case but i i mean i I don't think that any of those all those other teams to me have about as big issues as golden state if not bigger i
2: i agree with Of, of of the teams that that thought highly of themselves entering the season i would say only phoenix and new orleans in the west have lived up to that so far
0: yeah ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe
1: that every sport should be epic.
3: Alright, well who's who's next to, on the yeah, maybe we'll save Eastern conference disappointments for next week or something, but uh. Um, so I saw the Clippers twice this weekend. Ah Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um so I I poured chlorine in my eyes as soon as I got back. <laughs> the goggles, they do nothing.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um I did not expect the offense to be this bad.
3: Well, can we start even... With the fact that Kawhi Leonard has played two games on a 25-minute limit in which he starts games in the middle of the second quarter?
2: Yes. Yeah, which was so odd because I went to that first preseason game and he played like a normal rotation in the first half and then he took him out and it was like, okay, that's what you do in a preseason game. You know, everything's fine, right? And then just, just like very out of the blue, you know, limited minutes and then they held him out entirely for... It's gonna be like this is gonna because he's missing this upcoming trip, right? Yeah. It's gonna be like five be in a row weeks, or
3: something. Six, six games, and, and there's yeah. no indication even that. Oh yeah, well, but he'll be ready against Utah. Like no, I know, right? Like that. this,
2: like is this gonna go? TJ Warren on Us uh, not, not to keep knocking on TJ Warren, but like you know, with the sad trombones injury, injury updates every two weeks. Um, And I I think there's a lot of mystery with that, uh, especially because he, I mean, the way Kawhi has always operated uh, is he kind of has his own people and keeps his own counsel. And the Clippers are sort of in the loop, (laughs) but, you know, not the way they're in the loop with, like, Nick Batum or Norman Powell or something, you know? So... I think that's a very interesting situation to say the least and then the role players that they thought would help them get supplementary offense I mean I'd say other than John Wall who has looked really good like these other guys whoo like R- Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell have been so bad um and just just chucking up shots and not really I don't I don't just not putting a lot of pressure on the D at the same time just kind of just taking the first pull up that's there and the the you know those are those are the guys they are count on to be high usage guys because a lot of their other guys are snipers
3: yeah so Reggie Jackson obviously has been atrocious. 35% from the field, 26% from three, and he was well under 50% true shooting last year. And you could say, well, maybe that was just because he had to do too much. Paul George missed a bunch of the season, et cetera. Yeah. But let's not forget that he really, I mean, I guess he shot reasonably well as a clipper, but he was way above what he had been doing in that 21 playoffs. That was so magical for him when he was kind of the number two option and like, you know, blowing by Donovan Mitchell over and over again in the perimeter suggest. Yeah. And so last year might just be who he is. He's starting I think in part because John Wall is 32 and he's got the minutes limit as well and yeah. You know, John Wall is definitely a better player than him, although John also has more fit issues with the main guys, assuming we ever see those those guys again. Uh you know, John he's going to be on a 25 minute minute limit probably for a while and not playing back to backs and so that's so they are going to have to play Reggie some unless they're going to go Jason Preston or Terrence Mann and just not play a point guard. You know, Nick Batum hasn't looked like the same guy in uh, this is age 34 season either. You know, Marcus Morris is 33, Jackson is 32, George is 32 covington is 32
2: yeah they're definitely get. you know they're a little long in the tooth now i mean even even pg i mean he's 32 he had a great finish to that houston game but uh his his overall season hasn't so far, at least, hasn't been quite at the level that we're used to seeing him play. Even. Yeah.
3: Now, now he missed a game, and then he was pretty much ill for two games, and so I, he did, he has had a couple of big ones. So I'm not I'm not gonna hit the panic button on him yet. Um, but he's still he's not a number one star. He has an, he's a number two star. And Kawhi Leonard, this is you know it's been well out over a year. You know if you if you were on the plan that, like, Jamal Murray has been on, where, okay, he's taking off back-to-backs, he's playing 30, it's on a 30-minute limit, looking pretty good, you know, maybe not perfect, but, like, ramping up. Okay, like, that, I, then you could put me in the camp of, like, right, he's gonna get back to being a top-five player in the NBA, which is what this team needs to win. Uh Or that he could do that. Now, I mean, I think with this latest setback because remember he had the it was the right quad that was always the issue to begin with right and now then he tore the acl in the same knee and he's now he's got stiffness in that knee and you're just like I think you have to significantly reduce your projection that he's going to get back to the level he needs to be at for this team to really contend.
2: And that raises all kinds of questions because this is—I mean, this team obviously is totally built for win. Now uh, they will probably throw a draft pick and some contracts at getting another player. At you know, as we go yeah. through the season, it's always been a very aggressive uh, and and good, I think, front front office. Um, and Steve Ballmer's not—you know—not going to blanket at spending more money if that's if that's what it takes but if you i mean if your two best guys aren't awesome, it's tough because they, they really, they just, the thing you see watching like Reggie Jackson and Norm Powell take all these shots and, and you know, they're running like isos for Marcus Morris out of timeouts. It's like they do not have a third best player. And then when one of those top two guys out, they don't have a second best player. Like they're they're just throwing stuff at the wall on any possession that isn't Paul George or Kawhi.
3: Yeah, and maybe if they, if John Wall could be that third guy, but again, he he's just can't play enough minutes. And so your hope for optimism here is there at least six in defense and uh, they're not fouling some now the other problem they have is they turn it over constantly on offense and they don't ever turn you over on defense which is that's a a problem to not turn people over and i don't think that recovering from injury Kawhi, is going to come back and change that necessarily so that's just a major structural issue that they're dealing with it and of course you know they just can't make a shot they can't get to the foul line they can't get a rebound exactly yeah uh, on either end so i i get that like they're gonna play small but they're gonna have to be an elite elite shooting team And just maybe your hope is Kawhi comes back and at least in the Kawhi pg minutes they look pretty good but I thought this team had the depth to withstand some of these absences. I didn't think the absences would be this bad so far. But your thought of, hey, these guys are going to get to 50 wins, like that path is starting to look implausible to me. I mean, do you think there's any like rotation like, rotation changes?
2: I, that can mean, I mean, I'm watching them on Sunday against New Orleans, who was playing without Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones.
3: They scored 91 points.
2: And, and, and it was just without, like,
3: like, like eye test. It was just like
2: they looked overmatched. Now, I know this is a the the Clippers lose every Sunday day game by 40 points. Um it's a, it's a tradition. Um but the even even say like just ah, the the visual and then to come back the next day and and be like tooth and nail against the Rockets even though the Rockets were doing like peak Rockets things the whole game. Um like that that just further cemented like okay this is this is really way more sideways than i thought
3: yeah and they're also that sixth in defense they're benefiting from opponent shooting luck there uh now opposing teams shoot 59 percent at the room I mean zubats is pretty good there like they've got covington and batum is okay there so may, maybe that can continue but i think that would probably move up but then they're only allowing 33 percent three-point shooting that's going to increase most likely uh they're only allowing 32 percent three-point shooting from the corners which is like the corner threes are open. Like you're not, that's yeah. going to go up for sure. Like usually that's high thirties for your average team. So I think their defense, unless they actually start playing better and get different personnel out there, it's going to be worse. I mean, I think maybe just benching Reggie Jackson as much as you can would be, would be a help, but they also just need guys who can dribble. And the, like, maybe you just have to hope he gets better. I don't think he's the guy I'm most worried about as far as like, I just don't think he's going to play better, but you know, maybe you just yeah. if Reggie Jackson doesn't play anymore. You're just going to play Luke Kennard now, you know, maybe, maybe that he'll make a shot for you. You also maybe you play Terrence Mann more, you play Amir Coffee more. Like they have options to maybe just get some like the really bad guys off the floor and get back to respectability. But I mean, they have like you said, they have problems with their middle of their roster. But then the big problem is at the top of the roster. And so yeah, you got to be. I mean, if I'm, I'm gonna probably go with a nine for my panic meter for these guys. Uh,
2: I was I I was gonna go eight. Uh, like I mean, did I convince you? Did I convince you? (laughs) <laughs> yes you made it you made such a convincing sale that i'll that'll only go to eight on my panic meter on the clippers i i i just I want more information on Kawhi. He he can cure a lot of things coming back.
3: Yeah, but they not enough pills came in the bottle. <laughs> that's the <problem>. like, <laughs> right. Th- this medication works great, but uh, you know I can only I can only afford for uh, you know one of my two doses per day that I need to call cool this condition. Because
2: <laughs> even when he comes back, it's only going to be yeah as a part time employee. That's true. All right. All right, all right, right so I said I
3: nominated the Clippers. Is there somebody you're worried about? Well, let's stick in the west here mm-hmm. with the 4 and 4 Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: Yeah, I watched them against Phoenix last night. I I am not crazy concerned about these guys yet. And the reason is is because I I thought this would take a while. Like because it's because it's an unnatural pairing, I I don't think this is one where you just roll the balls out and everything works right away. I think there's still they still have to figure out how this partnership works with Towns and Gobert. Now, that said, there are things, watching them together, that worry me. Um, I, th- I think Towns and Gobert do kind of get in each other's way at, at both ends. Like, Towns is really good at dribble drive uh, when he catches at the three-point line. And you have to close out to him, especially against an, an opposing five. Um, and he's playing against fours, and he's driving past a four with Rudy Gobert's defender waiting for him in the middle. Um, or actually, I mean... They're also playing with another non shooter out there too, with McDaniels out there, which right. probably is. Yeah, help that was either. really
3: concerning to me when Danny and I looked at it over the weekend is Jaden or Jaden McDaniels coming into yesterday was averaging three three point attempts per thirty six minutes.
2: Yeah. So he yeah, he he's he's not a threat and they don't have like they don't have a real small forward still on the roster it seems to me
3: yeah Jaden McDaniels can guard small forward but he's not he i mean the the average small forward takes six three-point attempts per 36 minutes
2: yeah um and they're still you know kyle anderson missed a couple games and they're still kind of fumbling with how to use him which every U- team goes to team. is this and yeah he doesn't he doesn't. He doesn't help your I mean, slow mo is awesome. Uh, you know, I had him in Memphis, but he. I think he's better as a four, and he's better when there's spacing around him because he's not. He's not going to be the guy who gives it to you. So playing him when you already have Gobert and McDaniel's gets really tricky. Uh, I, I think they made their bench worse in the Gobert trade, although Jalen Noel and Nasrid have played well. Like I, yeah. I would say that you know. That isn't a reason to talk up Minnesota, I guess, but it hasn't been like some tragic failure. I mean, the the issue right now for them is just the five starters together just haven't been haven't been a thing. And the other thing I wonder a little, like I'm watching Gobert, um, I'm wondering if he's just lost a little bit of his pop um, and his um, his hands to me for some reason. He's like I feel like he's fumbling more balls. And I haven't quite seen the same level of dominance in the basket area. Uh, you see it in flashes, but it hasn't been a consistent thing the way it was in Utah. And maybe it's just the system isn't built around him anymore. And it's going to take time for them to figure out, again, how to best capitalize on on what he does. But that that's the part I'm most worried about. Like, did Minnesota buy into a declining asset?
3: They did. <laughs> 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 that's a, that I mean that's and that's why I wasn't a fan of the trade was because I felt like they should, should have been pushing for two three years ago ago and, and now they are still number one in rim defense percentage wise their location e field goal percentage is actually not that great on the defensive end though so they're still they're allowing a, a fair number of shots at the rim and they're allowing a fair number of. of uh, three-pointers actually here, let me just double check
2: I mean I mean you, you you and me could play four against the T-wolves and get pick and pop three-pointers yeah. I'm not so sure how many we do. so make, they're actually <laughs> they're middle of the pack
3: in terms of shots allowed at the rim and I mean one of the big problems too is their negative seven net rating with Towns on and Gobert off that's been one of their problems but it really so I, I they have like a lot of it's kind of death by a thousand cuts with these guys right now like okay Gobert might not be quite as good like he's the fit issues well he's he's not the guy rolling to the basket with spread pick and roll there's more uh, you know he's got mcdaniels out there they didn't have a guy like that that he was playing with in utah either so yeah he's gonna fumble a few more passes in tighter spaces he kind of like the reads were kind of much more defined in utah where he's just rolling to the rim and like you know it's gonna be a normal spread pick and roll situation like now he's getting like dump offs from carl towns on the drive and and so that's gonna be more difficult for a guy like that uh towns you know his driving has been somewhat impacted uh they're overall they're not getting up nearly enough threes that was something they did a ton of last year particularly on their bench they're 24th and three-point attempt rate right now uh some of these guys can't hit a three which i think you know noel and d'angelo russell they'll start shooting better from downtown uh anthony edwards does not have a dunk this season john that's unbelievable he was asked about that and he said, well, there's five guys in the paint all the time. I'm only 6'5". I can't dunk on everybody like that. Like Giannis, he, he's uh, he's had a couple of comments noting that, I mean, he's not like being a bad seed about this, but just noting that his life's a little harder with the, the lack of spacing they have. So I think the gobert towns thing could have worked if they still had like patrick beverly and malik beasley on this team but they also lost those guys they added kyle anderson and mcdaniels hasn't been shooting the three and so not only are you adding the center but now you also lost a bunch of other jordan mclaughlin yeah. is is not a guy who spaces really he's shooting extremely poorly on the year so there may need to be some adjustments but they also don't really have much in the way of assets to do that with so yeah i'm i'm more concerned than you are uh i think they're i I don't think that they're going to be able to get to where they need to be offensively. I think the defensive part has largely worked so far, but I don't think they have enough shooting. And also, I just don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is that good, right? Like, this is... He is, and Anthony Edwards hasn't, in part due to the spacing hasn't taken the leap. So I, I'm, maybe these guys can all play better, but there's there's a lot of like little things that are wrong that are adding up to this offense just not being as good as it needs to be for them to be, you know, a 50-win type of team.
2: On the other hand, they've beaten the Thunder twice and the Spurs, and they took Utah to overtime. So they've shown they can hang with the upper crust of the Western Conference. <laughs>
3: Oh my God! But uh, on the other hand, maybe these teams are the upper crust of the conference. Oh, uh, well, I guess yeah, they did beat the Thunder. The Thunder didn't even have all their guys. The, the like Shea didn't play in one of those games. Yeah, like it was. Yeah. Uh, and the Spurs. Wait, the Spurs are two and one against them, right? Yeah. Uh, I th-
2: I think that's right. Yeah, the the T Wolves just played like every game against the Spurs and Thunder. Right? They played
3: three games. Yeah, five. They played the
2: Spurs three. They played three out of four against San Antonio. Yeah. Wow, I've the, never the one, seen that I've never seen a team play another team three times before Halloween. That has to be a record.
3: It was all in the course of a week. Yeah, Danny was going apeshit about this. He is, he like can't stand it when teams play like because he thinks it's not fair to like, you know, it's either too difficult or too easy if like a team is just having a bad week or something or is injured yeah. to get all of your games against them done in that short of a time span. I don't mind like the whole set thing where you play two, but then yeah, space it out a little bit more after that. Yeah. Uh Okay. Yeah, so what's your panic meter on the Wolves before we eliminate a team from the playoffs?
2: I'm still probably only like a 5 on them. I I understand where you're coming from, but I I guess I I also come from the perspective of I had them had them finishing sixth, I think is that right? Seventh, sixth, seventh, something like that. Like I I wasn't crazy high on them to begin with, so I guess for them to be well, but
3: I mean, let's do it this way though. Compare it on what you think their internal expectations were for this season, because that that's really what this is about, right? Like they made these moves expecting to be at a certain level, right? Like yeah. So so for us, like okay, we're gonna and I think this is a better way to do this than the way I. Done true. it before. That's like, true. Ah, I thought these guys would suck anyway, so I'm not going to panic. But it's yeah. more about just like, hey, if you're a Wolves fan, if you're in this front office, you made these moves, you gave up all these picks for Rudy Gobert. You're expecting to be a team that's in the mix for home court advantage, and you're expecting mm-hmm. to win a round. So if that's your expectation, then what's your panic level?
2: Yeah. Okay, I'll probably get to six or seven. Then I have a I have a hard time seeing this team get and get uh get into the 50s and in the win column
3: yeah i'll probably put it a seven also just the offensive issues are very concerning to me and it just the the math of what's going on offensively is like this was an amazing math team last year and gobert is a in theory a good math player particularly on the defensive end and like i do think you know maybe these guys their path that's going to be a top five defense just because they have rudy gobert and they get to 15th in offense and that's you're still in the high 40s win but that's still that's not a championship contender that's not a win around contender so yeah, yeah. I'm, you said seven
2: uh I think that's what I said yeah
3: yeah yeah I'd be between a seven and an eight uh, I, I mean I think seven because I, I do think there's just a chance they could find the alchemy on offense and just everyone starts like these guys have track records like you know maybe yeah. someone like Russell playing better can just open things up a little bit all right time to rule a team out of the playoffs John and uh, I know I've gotten a lot of tweets Saying, "Hey, can you rule our team out of the playoffs so they can go on a three-game winning streak?"
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, Thunder, Thunder might uh, might make us r- rue our words here. They're not gonna
3: uh, make the playoffs. No, they're not. But, but I, I mean, they might make us sweatle. Like they, I mean, the biggest reason we picked them was because more of the organizational commitment. Also, I think Josh Giddey will be back. That'll that should help us a little bit. I, I, yeah, I think no, he's, was, he's a he was. He was so he
2: was back. But, yeah. yeah, he was back last night, and he definitely. I I was realizing watching this that he does kind of get in Shay's way because they feel like yeah. they have to play Josh on the ball because he can't shoot and so Shay's like hanging out in the corner half the time
3: yeah and and his defense sucks and yes. that's what that's where they've really been hanging their head now i don't know if he's going to torpedo their defense and again like i think josh J can be a good player i'm lower on him than others as we discussed ad nauseum at this point but i don't think he really helps you on either end at this point because he's not efficient on offense maybe that'll change this year as time goes on but uh but yeah i mean that's the bigger thing is just taking it out of Shea's hands like is averaging like 27 drives a game before this game he's been unbelievable she- shea
2: has so. been insane yeah
3: but this is not about Okay, see that's water under the bridge. I think we'll still be OK there. I think we'll be pretty OK betting on the Houston Rockets to not make the playoffs as well. They
2: oh, be, yeah, assume. baby. That was totally going to be my pick. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw them play on Monday night. And uh, yeah, I'm picking them to not make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, their defense sucks and their offense sucks. Is there anything else we need to say about them? I, I guess we should just you know do a little. I mean, this is a post mortem. It's, it's a little early for that, obviously. But, <laughs> a, but to a, just kind of a
2: kinda, pre mortem.
3: <laughs> let's just t- take a little stock of just what we think and kind of where they're at. Uh, at this point as a as a franchise and it's early with some of these prospects of course, but just let's talk just a little bit about what we've seen for them this year and what since we're we're already saying they're not gonna be a factor this regular season, like what this means for them going forward.
2: Yeah, I think they offensively just kind of dribble it up and take the first shitty shot that presents itself. And yeah,
3: the Steven Silas coaching sizzle reel uh is, is, is it's gonna be pretty not, short based not on what yeah. we're seeing for the one in seven Rockets right now. Yeah.
2: Um I think uh they've actually gotten some nice minutes from Shangun this year, but you still worry about him defensively and what he can be on like a, a real team. Um uh, Jalen Green is taking a step back, I think he I mean he has that explosiveness. Yeah, no, yeah
3: he's taking a lot of step backs. So they don't they don't do it. <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm not
2: totally sure he can actually shoot uh is is one of the biggest things with him or I, like i still he's,
3: think he's gonna come around but yeah it's uh he kind of has that sideways like
2: cameron Payne thing going it's not as extreme but uh, it's it's still a little erratic. rat now he's he's, he's shooting a, a ton of shots and a lot of them are difficult shots and that isn't helping him uh, you the, know, the good still... news is
3: uh, he has been way better than Jabari Smith. Forty six point four percent true shooting to forty six point two for Jabari Smith.
2: Yes, uh, um, Jabari Smith. Him. If he was, if Jabari Smith was a soccer striker, you would say he is starved for service. Like playing <laughs> as a pick and pop four with these guys, like I
3: mean, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah, he's j- been playing the j- five a lot too. Actually, which yeah, has, they I, have has, they
2: have done yeah. some of that, or they've had Kenny Martin Jr. out there with him, where it's like you don't really know who's four and who's five. Yeah, uh, he's he's a pretty good switchable defender. His shot looks really good. He cannot get anywhere off the dribble, uh, and and that has been a big issue. You you just need to see more. More easy hoops from him. I mean, he's shooting thirty-one percent on twos. uh Yeah, that's...
3: and Dan did a piece on, uh, for us uh, over the weekend on his defense, or, or at least an audio segment on his defense, and to just noting how playing him at center, he's just not anywhere close to ready for that, if he'll ever be. So far, so yeah, these guys are going to be bad. uh You know, Jalen Green. I'm. I mean, he's still when you watch him, like he's able to get his shot off. He's really fast. Like I think he's gotten a little better as a finisher. Like he's just he's just taking some difficult shots he's been had some 419 games like i think he's I, i'm still i'm not that worried about him i think he's just having some rough shooting games but there's also like he better hit for these guys because if he doesn't you know jabari's not gonna be a star kevin porter jr is like you know he's been okay this year uh they got some other like okay-ish pieces but like if jalen green is gonna end this year with like you know 52 percent true shooting and just kind of you know not not really be impressive then it's like fuck like what do we have here yeah okay maybe maybe we get one but then we still got a lot of work to do even after that yeah and and, oh by the way we don't have our pick after this year they have to
2: be good next year exactly that's that's where this gets tricky for them they got they got to be good next year now they have cap room coming and
3: they have another they got to be good enough to entice a decent player too i don't even know who that is at this point but like if they're if they finish the year 21 and 61 is anyone really gonna want to come there
2: (laughs) yeah that's that's the big issue
3: for them or they have to just massively overpay that guy yeah
2: yeah yeah 90 million dollars for andre drummond or something
3: yeah all right well this has been a pleasant podcast (laughs) <laughs> yeah we still got to hit some more of these teams maybe some of them won't be disappointing by by next week but uh yeah you know there's uh they're definitely I, I guess that's been the case right we talked about how the whole west has been disappointing it makes for a wide open it makes for not knowing what's going to happen every night when you've got a utah or a san antonio playing by the way how sad is it blake wesley at a grade three mcl tear that's
2: oh man i know i was so excited to see him start playing once once they got rid of primo and and his yeah. first game he did some stuff that that was really pretty uh pretty interesting and and yeah right away boom
3: all right well i just wanted to uh uplift us here at the end of this depressing show no that was we, that was a, a
2: fitting coda to the uh to the feel good hit of the summer here <laughs>
3: All right, well, thanks so much for being subscribers. We'll be back next week. Hollinger and Duncan is generally every Wednesday. Uh, Also a reminder, you can watch me and Danny LaRue call the Warriors magic game. That'll be an exciting one. Warriors are scuffling right now. We get to see Paulo Bancaro, who has been awesome. This huge Magic lineup, which unfortunately Jalen Suggs was uh, was back and kind of messed that up a, a little bit yesterday against OKC. But the Magic have actually been one of the more exciting teams. The Bowl Bowl experience be really interesting. So, Dan yeah. and I are going to call that live on NBA League Pass on Thursday at 7 Eastern. Please check that out. And if you're listening on the public pod, please uh, consider becoming a subscriber of Dunked On Prime. You can get every episode of me and John as opposed to the two a month here, and this one's going to come out actually a couple days afterwards, uh, after we record it. So you get it, everyone right when it's recorded. You get five days a week of me and Danny LaRue. Get Dan Feldman's Daily Dunks as well. Lots of great stuff on Dunkdown Prime. Please consider subscribing, and we'll talk to you all soon. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
1: We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions
0: apply.
2: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.